0: At the end of the day, football is football. All Patriots, all all the time. Ooh, that's spicy. All Patriots, all all the time. Welcome to to first and Foxboro. Ladies and gentlemen, the New England Patriots play football today in actual uniforms against another football team. Rejoice! I'm Kyrie Thompson, your host of First in Foxboro. I'm going to be at Gillette Stadium tonight, giving you a breakdown of the action against the New York Giants in preseason week one. You can follow me on Twitter at KDThompson5 and follow the show account at First in Foxborough, F-O-X-B-O-R-O. And make sure you're downloading, subscribing, listening on the Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcasts. Actually, I actually had somebody ask me if it's on Spotify today. It's definitely on Spotify. As a matter of fact, it probably gets available on Spotify before any of the other apps. So if you really, really uh, you don't want to catch the show, check it out on Spotify first, and then it ends up on Apple Podcasts and on the Odyssey app later on. Anyway, let's get to the good stuff. Patriots play the Giants tonight at Gillette Stadium at 7 o'clock. We've already been told that Mac Jones and most of the offensive starters and I think just most of the starters in general are unlikely to play tonight, which isn't terribly surprising. Based, which isn't terribly surprising, a couple of sources like Mike Giardi noted that, for example, when the Patriots were reading offensive plays off the cards in kind of a game-ish situation or, or simulation for Thursday night, Mac Jones was not running the offense in the, during those reps. It was the likes of Bailey Zappi and Brian Hoyer. So. There's already been some speculation that Mac Jones wasn't gonna play. Ultimately, probably not that big of a deal for the offense or the team generally. Some people are maybe a bit frustrated by it. Like They need as much play time and practice as they can get. In the end, it's preseason week one. Generally, until you get to the second or third preseason games, you're not really game planning. They're essentially just reps to get you to run around in uniforms and see how players react to certain situations. You don't really need to see veterans doing that. Even when you have a new offense that you're working on, I wouldn't necessarily say it's a big deal. Teams are being pretty vanilla about things. They don't want to show you what they're actually doing. And if you want, and if you know anything about Bill Belichick, you know that he wants to reveal as little as possible about his teams and what they plan to do against you. The other part of this that we should remember is that the Patriots have joint practices scheduled with the Carolina Panthers and Las Vegas Raiders over the next two weeks. Those are definitely going to be very competitive, very spirited practices. They are going to get their work in against other teams. Do not worry about that. And that work will honestly be more intense, most likely, than anything they do in any preseason game this year. And the first team offense is probably going to see a lot of those reps. So my bottom line here, don't sweat it. Just sit back and enjoy your backups and your rookies. For example, you're going to see lots of Tyquan Thornton, Trey Nixon, Marcus Jones, Jack Jones, and all those guys that are going to be fighting for, you know, I don't know, 15, 20-ish roster spots that still have to be decided, I would say. Now, since I brought up Tyquan Thornton, there are some rumors floating around today about Tyquan Thornton and where he is sitting with this team and what it means for the, West, for the rest of the wide receiver room that I want to get to. And of course, there's also some speculation regarding my other team, the one that I grew up with, the Chicago Bears, one of their disgruntled stars, and whether or not the Patriots should want to trade for him. I had an interesting discussion with a couple of fans yesterday about that that I want to get to. Let's start with Tyquan Thornton first, and you know what? These two topics might end up intersecting at some point. We shall see. Let's start with Tyquan and the receivers, though, first. Good news on this front. We've seen it practice, even going back to OTAs, that Tyquan Thornton might be better than a lot of people considered. I think when they traded up, when the Patriots traded up to take him number 50 overall... A lot of people were calling it a massive, massive reach, and just yeah, he's he's gonna have to sit a year. He's not gonna be ready to play in the NFL. He's too skinny. His wrists are too tiny. How's he gonna hold up against NFL competition? How he's how is he gonna hold up against jams by physical cornerbacks? That last one's probably still a good question to ask. But I think that what we've seen for the most part is that Tyquan Thornton is much better than most people thought that he was going to be. His hands have been super reliable again have not seen him drop a pass at all even in drills i mean every once in a while something will go incomplete where it's like overthrown or you know a quarterback misses him or he catches a ball but his feet are out of bounds or something like that but just generally if it hits taekwon thornton's hands it is not hitting the ground and it is not getting ripped away from him He's been very impressive in that regard, and he's been running the entire route tree. He's doing drags, he's busting out hitches, he's doing post corners, and all that kind of stuff. Like, it's not just sending him deep, like, okay, Taekwon, go run that way, go run fast. No, he's definitely shown that he's a bit more of a complete wide receiver than that, even if there are occasions where, hey, you know, you need a little bit more instruction on how to run this route, or getting bumped off of a route by a cornerback's jam and has to readjust. He's continually been impressive, and he's also contributing on special teams. I think this team really likes him, and that's what Doug Kite of Pro Football Focus has been hearing as well. As a matter of fact, he spoke with a team source that said that Thornton has impressed the Patriots enough to where they want to see him handle more first-team reps and see how he responds. In that scenario, if Taequann Thornton really is starting to see more time With the first team and and pushing for a bigger role this season than people imagined, a la Ramondre Stevenson last year, what does that mean for the rest of the receiver room? The answer, apparently, is that one of those veteran guys ahead of Taequann Thornton might be on the market. In particular, Kide and other sources pinpointed Nelson Aguilar as a potential trade or cut candidate if Thornton continues to ascend. I should note that in this article, they pointed out that the Patriots could really go through most of those veteran receivers, including Devontae Parker, whom they just signed, Kendrick Bourne, Jacoby Myers, all those guys go down the list and say, okay, look, maybe we can move on from this guy and give Tyquan Thornton a bigger role. That said, if you want to parse through things a bit, Devontae Parker, I mean, he's new, and he also gives you something you don't have in these other receivers, and I think potentially he is, Could be the best receiver of the group, all things considered. And Kendrick Bourne and Jacoby Myers have been extremely dependable. They both had career years last year. So that kind of leaves you one option, Nelson Aguilar. He was definitely the least productive of all of those receivers last season. He struggled to mesh with Mac Jones. And from a financial standpoint, if the Patriots could move on from him, because they're It's still kind of tight against the cap. I think they only have about $5 million of cap space right now, which they probably still need to clear some money in order to operate and just be able to sign players down the line. Like if they want to go through cuts or add a veteran down the line, they're going to need a little bit more money. So being able to move on from Nelson Aguilar would be some decent savings for this team, especially if you're talking about the trade market because they would save about $9.9 million by trading Aguilar and would only suffer about $5 million or so in dead money. Cutting him is a bit more onerous. I don't think that would serve the Patriots quite as much. Because, yeah, you would save you know, a little bit over $4 million in cap space. But you take on $10 million in dead money. So I don't know that that's something the Patriots really want to do this year. Plus, Aguilar's been solid. I mean, he's had a couple of moments where you know, he had a drop, a pretty bad drop, in the in-stadium practice last Friday, he had a rough drop in practice this week as well, and you can still see some of the times where it looks like he's fighting the ball when he's, you know, tasked to go get it down the field or do a jump ball catch or something like that. It's still not entirely natural. But I think what this offense has done, as, as poor as it's gone at some points, it has given them a look at what Nelson Aguilar looks like when he doesn't have to be an ex-receiver all the time. And I think the early returns have made him look a bit more dynamic, getting him the ball in space, letting him be a little bit more shifty, take advantage of that speed. So you could say that Nelson Aguilar's stock in this offense could potentially be going up. That said, you could also look at the injury histories of Devontae Parker and also, the fact that Tyquan Thornton is a rookie, and you don't know how he's going to hold up this year. You could look at that and say, you know what, maybe we should just keep him, meaning Nelson Aguilar, as insurance, just in case we need the depth. Because I think that was one issue last year. The wide receiver depth failed them, and they were really hurting for good options at that position. Having more good players is always better than having fewer. But I think we saw this last year with Sony Michel and Ramondre Stevenson though. Michel was a productive player, helped them win that Super Bowl in 2018. And he was looking like, you know, improved player as a pass catcher in a running back room that was pretty well stocked coming into training camp last year. And essentially they were just like, you know what? We really like what we got in Ramondre Stevenson. He's not just gonna get the red shirt. He's good enough to play now. We wanna see him in action and they trade Sony Michelle. It's a little bit different because he was on a rookie contract and he's a running back, right? Not a receiver that you just gave, what, $22 million to or so in a free agent deal last year. At the same time, there's just precedent for the idea that, look, okay, we got this veteran that we like, but this rookie is a better value and he's a good enough player to where we just want to see what he's got. So I would have to guess that Aguilar, especially according to this story where Doug Hyde sourced a couple of people from around the league. Essentially, they said, look, another team is probably going to have to take on that $9 million base salary of Agalor's for this year, which is something most teams probably aren't going to want to do. There are some teams with the space to do it. But if the Patriots are going to have to do that, they're either going to have to give up a little draft capital to sweeten the deal to get another team to take on that money, or it's got to be part of a swap With a player. More on that in a moment. So, look, I would say most likely Nelson Aguilar is probably going to stay on this team at least to start the season, unless they can find a trade partner that is willing to take on that money. And as I mentioned, the Chicago Bears could be a team, and particularly a wide receiver needy team, big time, that could fit that bill. And the Bears happen to have a player who is very good and very disgruntled at this moment because he is not getting paid what he wants to get paid. And that is All-Pro linebacker Roquan Smith, who just requested a trade from the Chicago Bears on Tuesday, citing negotiations that he's not happy with with the new Chicago Bears front office, including general manager Ryan Poles. Smith has come in and basically been a plus starter since he came into the league in 2018, where he was the number eight overall pick out of Georgia and made second team all pro last season. Very, very good player, very dynamic, and generally the kind of linebacker that the New England Patriots do not have on this roster. There's no doubt that trading for him makes their defense better and more dynamic, and gives you more options for how you want to play certain things. He's not a big guy. He's, what, 230, 240, or something like that. So he's one of those smaller linebackers that the Patriots have kind of been loath to play at other points. At the same time, they're kind of trending a little bit more in that direction by putting guys like Mac Wilson out there, or Raquan McMillan, or Cameron McGrone, and, and kind of rolling with the position group. Filled with off-ball linebackers more like that as opposed to the big thumpers where they only really have one of those right now in Jawan Bentley. So contrary to the past, I think Roquan Smith would actually fit better with this version of the Patriots than you'd think. Especially in terms of having a fast player in the middle of your defense that can go sideline to sideline, track down those uber-athletic quarterbacks and running backs, and take some of those matchup issues that running backs and, and, you know, sometimes bigger slot receivers or tight ends can present you because he is a good coverage linebacker. Here's the problem. Roquan Smith is entering a fifth-year option year, which is literally the last year you can have on your rookie deal, and he's looking for an extension over $20 million a year. I've even heard to an extent it could be higher than that. And when you think of Bill Belichick and the way that he builds teams and builds defenses, it just does not feel likely at all that Belichick would trade for, first of all, that he would trade for an inside linebacker who is, like, this isn't a bargain. Like, this isn't like a, oh, I'm going to trade Chase Winovich for Mac Wilson, or I'm going to trade a fifth or sixth round pick for Randy Moss. See, that's the thing. Belichick has always been willing to go out and get good players in the trade market, but Typically, he's doing it for guys that he finds are a bargain, right? If he can get you for a good deal, he'll do it. I mean, you might point to something like him trading a second-round pick for Mohamed Sanu. I think that was just a scenario where it's like, look, we need a receiver to maximize the Super Bowl window. Let's get this veteran guy we know he can produce, and we'll worry about the repercussions later. I don't think the Patriots are at that point right now. This is not a team that's been a Super Bowl contender for the last eight seasons or whatever in a row where it's like, look, okay, we need one piece here or something like that. Roquan Smith to me is not the one piece away that the Patriots need to be a Super Bowl contender. And on top of that, you would be asking Bill Belichick to potentially extend Roquan Smith. If he did trade for him, for some reason, you'd be asking Bill Belichick to extend an inside linebacker. Yeah, I get it. The Patriots are going to be pretty flush with cap space next year but it feels like there are better uses for your money than to do that. So I would guess that's probably not going to happen. And then of course, there's the idea that, okay, if you're going to do it just straight up for picks, which probably wouldn't happen, you're going to have to give up a pretty good pick, like multiple picks, by the way, for Roquan Smith. And once again, I just don't think the Patriots are in a position to be giving away draft capital for a player who is, while very good, not a guy at a premium position. I just don't think that's what's going to happen. Now, now, if you wanted to get weird with it, sure, you could potentially maybe offset some of those costs by throwing in somebody like a Nelson Aguilar, who, again, is kind of a more onerous contract that maybe another a team like the Bears would be more willing to take on because they are going to have the space to absorb a receiver and the Bears are going to have even more cap space and they're going to have like $100 million in cap space next year. They're really gearing up to spend some money, potentially. So you could make that happen, maybe even throw in a Damian Harris or something like that if you think that you're not going to re-sign Damian Harris to an extension. Things like, you you could play around with it and sprinkle in a bunch of names. Isaiah Wynn. The Chicago Bears could use offensive line to help. Isaiah Wynn could help if you felt good enough about anybody who's behind Isaiah Wynn, which is a big question, I would say. But that also doesn't account for the fact that the Chicago Bears, ultimately, they're going to want draft capital back because they are in basically a full-on rebuild. So just giving them a bunch of veteran players is not going to placate them. They're not going to win this year. They're not trying to win this year. So the Patriots... You can't just throw a bunch of your unwanted players on the Bears and call it a day. That is not going to happen. They're not going to accept that. So I would say trading for Roquan Smith, while it would be fun and maybe, it, it I mean, it would make your defense better. Not maybe, it would make your defense better. That just doesn't feel like something that is going to happen. But you know what? I suppose I've been wrong before. Anyway, to get back really quick to the first point of all of this before we wrap up, the fact that the Patriots are this happy about where Taequann Thornton is should be an overwhelming positive for Patriots fans and for the team, because, I mean, you think about it, right? They were under so much pressure to take a receiver high in the draft. They took one that everybody expected would still be there in the third, fourth, or fifth round, though I have, I have heard from sources that there were teams in that second round that were picking after the Patriots that did, in fact, have Taequann Thornton as their wide receiver one. Or two. So there is some credibility to the idea that he would not have lasted until day three. I feel like that might be a better bet than, than people think. But look, ultimately, the way that he's played so far seems to be justifying the pick. And if he continues on this path and you continue to get good play out of Marcus Jones, Cole Strange, and Jack Jones, and, and several of these other draft picks that they pulled out of this year's class. That could be two really solid drafts in the row for the New England Patriots after a bunch of years of missing on their prospects. We'll see. Really looking forward to seeing him play. Looking forward to seeing Trey Nixon and the Joneses as well. That's all for now. I'll get back with you tonight after the game. I'm Kyrie Thompson of First in Foxborough. Once again, make sure you're downloading, listening, streaming on the Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcasts. See you later. just after i finished wrapping up this past episode of first in foxborough i saw online that james white super bowl hero for the new england patriots had announced his retirement after nine seasons in the nfl in a tweet with a picture of himself and the patriots logo with a a thank you note to his teammates his family his friends the patriots organization everybody and wrote New England will be in my heart forever. thank you for unwavering support over the years. I am forever grateful this chapter has been one that I will cherish. I look forward to what is next so obviously a, a happy retirement to James White and just wanted to talk a little bit about white and his his amazing career. I mean so obviously here was a guy who fourth round pick in 2014 had to kind of come into his own as the pass catching running back for this team and obviously his his biggest career highlight was those 14 catches for 110 yards three touchdowns in super bowl 51 that amazing comeback of the patriots against the atlanta falcons james white scores the game-winning touchdown in overtime to seal the deal i mean you know an incredible moment and just so reliable throughout the years on third downs especially whenever they needed him wherever they needed him and he looked like he was going to be off to a pretty solid start last year he's re-signed with the Patriots in free agency he gets hurt in game three week three against the New Orleans Saints and I was there that day at Gillette Stadium I mean the air just went out of the building watching him go down and you know, getting him loaded up on the cart and taken off the field I mean you could just feel how devastated the team was And really the fans were to to see him go down that way. And as it turns out, that was his last snap playing in the NFL. Which, again, I said this a couple of weeks ago, if that was his last snap in the NFL, which it now is, I mean, what a great career and and congratulations to him on that. And you know, he signed a two-year deal to return to the Patriots in free agency. Um, I think we thought that he was maybe going to be a little bit further on in his rehab than he was and it turns out that wasn't the case you, we could see him walking around a little bit at OTAs and minicamp and it looked like he was going to be a long ways off that it was going to be a long road back for him he started off training camp on the pup list and you know I think here you go um, he decides to you know hang him up and much respect and you know more power to him for for doing that and you know moving on with the next chapter of his life uh which you know it, it's interesting because you know when he re-signed with the team last year um and one of the things that came out was that he got his degree in biology and in, in like biological communications and that was something that he promised his parents that he would do and you know, that's another thing about james white is that he played through um you know, the tragedy of losing his father and you know, again just being reliable through all of that you know personal hardship and you know his injuries and, and and all of that and i i remember that was the first time i had actually interacted with james white he was on a zoom call i wish i'd gotten a chance to ask him this question in person you know but i asked him about his degree, and you kind of got to share the fact that hey, we both got degrees in science. And then he got a little kick out of that, and um, he was talking about using his degree in um, you know science communication to talk about the COVID vaccines with his family, and uh, you know that the dangers of that, that COVID nineteen presents, and and all of that, and uh, having those discussions within the locker room too. Just a, a very professional person. And somebody that clearly has a lot of respect and, and you know, deserves a lot of respect and love within the Patriots organization, both for what he's done on the field and what he's done off of the field, what he means to that team, the running backs, the offensive players were always so clear about how they felt about him as a teammate. And you know, once again, you know, he um, it, it sucks, quite frankly, that that was the last play of his NFL career, uh, you know, getting hurt. and and having that season-ending hip injury the way that it happened. But great career, and he has some amazing moments in it. He's clearly going to go into the Patriots Hall of Fame one day. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Um, And I personally will look forward to the day when that happens. I hope I'm still here to cover it. Anyway, uh, just wanted to add that addendum on. Congratulations on an excellent career, James White, and we will see you around and talk to you when we can. See you later.